0: Fintech Australia and Tier 1 people present the 2022 People's Choice Awards. The Finneys Award, where the Australian fintech community gets to decide the winner. Make sure to join us on the 23rd of June 2022 in Melbourne for the industry's most prestigious awards event. Now, here are a few words from one of this year's finalists. Hi, I'm James from Flair. Our
1: mission is to help every business make pain that's fair for every worker.
0: Flair, or finalists in People's Choice FinTech of the Year. Congratulations, James, on, to you and everybody at Flair on making it to People's Choice Award Finals. This is the award that the fintech community gets to decide. How's everybody at Flare feeling about making it to the finals? Everyone's excited. Everyone's thrilled.
1: Uh, I think everyone's already trying to. Does, there is a big trophy you get with it, right?
0: Is there a trophy? I think. I think it's glass. Okay. Yeah, I think it's a yeah. glass glass plaque. Yeah.
1: Everyone's, everyone's very excited about. Uh, you know, we in the office. We can put the big glass trophy. So that's uh, that's
0: been the debate around the water cooler, the virtual water cooler, mostly nowadays. Cool. Cool. Um, well, look, we're going to talk a bit about um, why you you think Flair should be awarded um, the the trophy this year. But before we do that, would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about the big problem that Flair solves?
1: Yeah, so the the problem that we focused on solving has, if I'm being very frank, changed over the years. And that's been a function of probably us slightly iterating our vision, our North Star, albeit I think we've been pretty consistent from Jump Street on that, um, but also got to do with the challenges that businesses have faced um, and how that's evolved uh, over the last five or six years. So w- when we originally started the business, the, the challenge we saw was the sort of the, 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 the issues associated um, with how people earned and managed their money Um, and specifically how that interfaced with the relationship with their employer. And when we began, a lot of people out there probably remember us or think of us as Flare HR, um, an an all-in-one HR platform. And I think that was very much a reflection of the problem that we were emboldened to solve, dare I say required to solve, in those early years, which was businesses didn't have software that would um, automate traditional processes workplace processes around things like payroll, onboarding, uh, benefits, HR record management. Uh, And there was concerns around compliance. Australia's got really tricky, um, you know, IR and, um, you know, um, human resources framework, modern awards. Um, Those things are really tricky. And so there was concerns about whether or not uh, businesses were able to stay well within the lines of compliance. And all of this was done often with, you know, a a either a not an HR team, a very small HR team, or an HR team with a very small budget, and so we sort of the, the beginning the beginning of our journey was very much focused on helping those businesses solve those problems, and the reason we had to do that was whilst we were passionate, uh, and ultimately the core to our vision was our vision used to be you know thinking about helping every working Australian live the best financial life, and we believe that was going to happen through the workplace. Businesses weren't in a position. Um, to even have those conversations because there were these other burning platforms, these other problems that they needed us to solve. For us then, COVID was an accelerant. Um, we always believed that benefits as a construct was something that would become more pervasive in Australia. Both myself and Daniel, my co-founder, um, you know, we spend time in America where benefits is such a strong construct, and even in Europe, this concept of what else is my company giving me beside a paycheck um, is really, you know, deep in the zeitgeist when it comes to workers and how they think about their relationship with their business. It doesn't really exist here, despite the fact we have one of the largest benefits in the world, which is superannuation. Over the the 24 months of sort of COVID from the beginning of 2020, what we've seen is businesses, and I think we'll talk about this later on, under the context of talent, businesses have realized that, um, they need an answer to the question of what are you giving me beside a paycheck? Uh, And so I think that's become the big problem. Now, the nice thing about that for us is that we don't have to solve two problems that are adjacent, but not necessarily identical, which used to be our business. We used to have to solve the automation and compliance problem for businesses, which gave us the right to solve the financial wellness problem for employees. But now those things are actually the same, right? Those things are actually how do we re-rationalize the employment relationship on both sides of the ledger? How do we make it easy and reasonable for businesses to recruit, engage, retain talent. And at the same time, how do we make it easy and leveraged for employees to get more than just a paycheck? We talk talk about unbundling the paycheck um, in order to live their best financial life. So I, I think the the problem we solve now sits right in that space. It sits right in that space between businesses and and those who work for those businesses. Um, and it's actually been really um, honestly, it's been liberating for the company because we can have a shared dialogue, a much clearer focus, um, and real alignment between our two sides, our two customer bases we probably didn't exist before, if I'm being honest. Yeah.
0: Awesome. And who, who typically are your customers, James? So we, we
1: think of ourselves as having three types of customers. We have platforms, um, into which our software is now embedded and available. There are over 30 workplace platforms that use what we call our Apollo platform, which is the financial services engine we built three years ago, uh, which was originally available exclusively on the Flare platform, but is now something that exists across a range of other platforms. So we have platform partners, but they're all more like customers. We think of them as customers. Uh, We have business customers and they really range all the way up and down the spectrum. I should have probably got a list of the businesses I'm allowed to talk about um, because some of them get a little, you know, Edgy when you bring up their names, but since I don't have to, I could probably just name them all. Um, so, you know, we, we work with big companies like. Uh, Deloitte, Serco, um, H&M, Rockpool, um, all the way down to um, smaller customers. Uh, I think we're also nominated this year for um, the partnership that we've worked on with with MyB, which I'm super proud of, um, because what that's allowed us to do is start to offer this software, not just to the enterprise end of town or even the mid-market, but all the way down. And a lot of that has caught our vision, and maybe we'll get to that later on. But you know, h- how do we help small businesses compete against the big end of town, as pressure on talent gets more and more and more extreme, more and more and more acute. Um, and so we kind of go all the way from our smallest businesses would be three or four people, all the way up to some big businesses that have 15, 20, 25,000 people. And then obviously, the, 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 the you know, I think the customer for whom we're probably personally most attached to um, is the individual, uh, the individual worker who can use our software um, to take control of their pay uh, and do it in a way that uh, helps them live their best financial life, and uh, you know we can talk about how we do that if it's of interest. But th- you yeah, know that that's probably I'd say on the younger end. You know I, I think um, we generally are engaging folks who might be in their first or second job, starting out their career, getting their finances in order, um, just trying to get their head around. Um, you know, what do I do now that I've actually got a salary? Um, okay, I've got the superannuation thing. I've heard about it, but I've still got the one I had when I was working at McDonald's or I was working at General Pants. Um, so yeah, that's probably where, that's probably where we, we think about customer.
0: And so when you look at the, uh, the flare business where you are now, now in terms of number of people and what kind of growth have you, you seen in this last 12 months?
1: Yeah, it's been, it's been um, pretty extreme, actually. So uh, our platform's probably grown in the last two years uh, over 10,000%. Um, so we've got, we now, uh, one in four, probably close to one in three Australians who start a new job, use Flare software to do that. Uh, we have over a million employees. Um, we've got tens of thousands, close to hundreds of thousands of businesses using the software at the moment. Uh, and really, like, I think that's been... Um, you know, the driver of that growth, uh, sorry, there are two drivers of that growth. The, the first one was one, like well, i mentioned them both, so here I am just repeating myself and sucking up time, but the first one was very much the shift in the market around COVID where all of a sudden every business needed uh, an employee engagement solution, and that just led to massive adoption of our software. Um, and then the second one was was that technological innovation, um, which was basically the series of APIs we built out around Apollo, which allowed us to go through partners. So those were the big drivers. I'm not sure there's necessarily, um, a direct competitor. Um, you know, we've, we've really tried to position ourselves between consumers, businesses and platform partners. Uh, and hopefully the view is we, uh, you know, we work for all of them and we leverage the value that each of them can bring to each other. So I don't, I think, um, five years ago. Absolutely. Now they're our partners. You know, we love working with them and and we sort of made the observation that our vision is benefit centric, right? Our vision was to help every business make pay and benefits fair for every worker. The, we thought we had to do that by putting our whole platform into every business, but it actually a far better way to do it for everyone was to modularize the parts of our platform that were core to the vision and then embed those in, in partner solutions. So over the course of maybe three or four years, enemies became friends, um, which is why when when the question comes up around competition, I can honestly say that, you know, we see almost everyone as, as, a, as a, you know, partner or a potential partner. Um, and, you know, for us, it's all about, I think the, the strength of our business model is making sure that we can help all of those entities achieve their goals. And that comes down to how we think about revenue, how we think about product roadmap, um, how we think about value accretion to the end consumer and make sure we can connect that, you know, connect that string from an employee through the business up to the various pieces of software that business uses. Um,
0: would you, would would you attribute that to 10,000% growth that you've managed to see over this last um, short period?
1: Look, I, I, do you mean the sort of that, that alignment of interests? Yeah. 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 I, I think so. Look, I, I think, um, you, you, you know, in those early days of being a startup, you know, you're like the new kid in the schoolyard, just looking at pick a fight, you know, and yeah. <laughs> you want to be the toughest and the meanest and go out there and, you know, make sure everyone takes you seriously. And then as you kind of move forward and you probably gain more confidence in your own product and probably if I'm being you know, honest, your own ability as a leader or, you know, your own ability, the ability of the team that you have. Um, you sort of chill out a little bit and start looking around more for opportunities, uh, and, and and being humble in the realization that your first approach when you arrived in schoolyard maybe that wasn't right, and that doesn't mean that you're pivoting because I actually think pivoting has like a like at times an appropriately negative connotation, mm-hmm. um, but actually it's refining your strategy in a way that is still true to your vision, and for us the observation came you know, really a few years in that said, uh, hang on a moment. I think we're doing this wrong. Like let's stop trying to beat people. Let's start partnering with them. Um, yeah. and through the process of doing, and, and then let's align the interests of all our stakeholders, uh, because that not only simplifies the messaging externally, it simplifies the messaging internally. It makes it easy for people to understand what this business is doing uh, and why I'm a part of it and why I
0: contribute to it. How have you gone about solving the talent solution internally at Flare other than just using your own platform?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, ex- exactly, exactly right. Um, just use our own platform, no, no. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it works. <laughs> um, the, um, you know, look, it's something that has been really, really tough um, and not through lack of effort, you know, I, I, and that's kind of interesting. I always, I was having a conversation with... Um, with one of my friends who's just about to have his first his first child, and he was asking what to expect. I, I'm lucky enough to have two kids. I was like, you know, like the hardest thing about having kids is like. In those early days particularly is irrespective of how hard you try you're probably going to be pretty shit at it and yeah you know, it's going to be the first time in your life maybe ever or at least for the first time in a long time you really don't know what to do to get better you feel totally incompetent
0: yeah. and it's not through it's it. like it's like having a startup isn't it, right? yeah, it is. <laughs> becoming a parent
1: it is you just keep stubbing <laughs> your toe and, and and the harder you try the more you stub your toe and I, I don't i think for us over the last 12 months you know we've really tried hard and focused on this internally um, and I, I, think sometimes that's, you know, produce good results, but at other times it's like the harder we try, the the less effective it seemed like we might've ended up being. Yeah. Um, so look, you know, we, we, we've, we've done, we, have you know, we probably, um, embraced what, you know, what remote looked like. It's we, we, we love, we love being in the office, particularly personally, yeah. Daniel and I. And so we, you know, we would love to have everyone in every day, but we also understand that isn't what everyone else loves. And yeah. so as we tried to sort of, continue to cultivate our culture that's required us to reimagine how we go about that cultivation. Uh, and that's about being, you know, respectful of of personal preferences um, in terms of how you want to work and live, which is totally reasonable. And then also acknowledge how do we bring people together in an organized way. Um, so I think that's been something we talk about every week. Yeah. Um, it's something that we've got um you know
0: lots of good ideas and it's almost like a startup within a startup, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. Now we're kind of coming up to a wrap where you're going to get the pitch. But before we do that, when you look back over this last 12 months, James, what would you say is the, the kind of proudest achievement that the, the team at Flair's accomplished together?
1: Look, for us, I think it's been the movement into the small business segment. Um, I think at a time when small businesses are under such extreme pressure, uh, they don't have budget they've got a thousand things on fire i think our ability it's always a segment we've been passionate about we just haven't really worked out a go to market that would allow us to move in there with gusto scalably um i think that's probably what we've done over the last year um you know there's there's now tens of thousands of businesses um in the really small end of town who are using our software and I just think it couldn't have come at a more important time. And I think it's also the beginning of where we want to go with this business, because I do think I don't want to throw around the, the D word democratization. But I think there's something to be said for uh, helping the small end of town compete with the ASX 50s. And um, I feel like we've been a really, really important part of that. Uh, so I, th- I think that's actually quite not. I think I know that. And, and very clearly, that's the thing that I'm, I'm most proud of.
0: You're now talking to, I guess, the fintech community and your peers and customers and clients and employees. Um, Why should people vote for Flare as this year's fintech of the year, people's choice? Um,
1: Look, I, I think that we've been in and around the community in different ways for a long time, and I think the last year of this business is probably the culmination of the previous six years. And I think our ability over the last year to materially uh change the lives of you know so many australian workers but also to support businesses of all sizes through what's been a pretty wretched uh 12 months um i I think that's interesting and important uh in terms of what's actually accomplished in the last 12 months but I also just think the sort of journey of this company, and if we look a little bit more longitudinally about the fintech space, I think it also represents, you know, a business like ours, is probably one of the older businesses coming of age and, and re, rethinking and re-rationalizing itself in a post-COVID world. And without sounding too existential about the whole thing, um, I kind of think that's what we want in the fintech community. I think we want businesses that are robust businesses that are built to stick around for a long time, um, that ultimately have a path to materiality, even if maybe that path isn't the very thing that they thought they were going to do when they walked into the schoolyard on day one. Um, so I think for us, it's, it's that that's who we are. Um, and I hope people sort of appreciate where we've come from and where we're going. Um, and if all that fails, vote for us out of pity. We'll take pity votes as well.
0: <laughs> well, James, it's been fantastic to hear about the Flair journey. Good luck to you and the whole team at Flair in the final. The People's Choice Award is brought to you by Tier 1 People, leaders in fintech executive search. We'll help you launch, scale, and innovate by finding world-class people.